All right, coming up. The Dodgers continue to make the Cubs fans sick. We're going with the weekly NFL pick six. We're going to talk some fantasy playoffs. We're going to discuss if the Bulls can make the playoffs this year. And then we're going to finish with the top sports movies of all time. It's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right. I wanted to kick this show off talking about the Dodgers. I mean, they just landed Yamamoto. They got Glass now on one of our previous shows. They got Shohei the week before that. The Dodgers have committed over $1.1 billion to three players. And none of those players are named Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman. I mean, this team, it shows this California draw is real. The fact that the Dodgers are willing to spend money, of course, we've seen that. But it seems like players want to go there. I mean, there's other states out there that got no state income tax. There's all kinds of advantages to play in other areas. And they're sucking these guys in. And they're loaded. And, again, $1.1 billion to three players. My line for the Dodgers is we hate the Dodgers because we ain't the Dodgers. I mean, we do not pony up to dough. The Cubs have never ponied up to dough. We don't pony up to dough. The Dodgers are not afraid to go out there and spend money, and they're going to continue to spend money. And if Dave Roberts doesn't win the World Series next year or the year after, he needs to get out of town because that is the most talented team in in baseball right now with all the money that they've spent it, it's just and they'll if they lose this year they'll keep right on spending again next year and just buy what they need the, the Dodgers are the Yankees of the National League they are not afraid to spend the dough they're starting to make the Yankees look like chumps with the way they're spending money and, and I wrote this down interesting thing about baseball is all the money doesn't guarantee a World Series no, and all it takes is a couple of injuries and a little offensive cold streak in the playoffs, and you're gone. But they, they, they got so much firepower. Their whole lineup would almost have to be shut down in order for them to lose. I mean, they, they got firepower from top to bottom. I know, but I'm telling you, the way that the postseason can shake out, I mean, you can see I'm wearing my hat of my second favorite team. The Cubs are obviously my favorite team, but the, the franchise I like behind them is the Tampa Bay Rays. They got a loaded farm system. They let guys go, and typically when those guys go, they're never the same somewhere else. When you see guys like Longoria or even Glass now, they get the best out of their guys, and they go to that farm system, and that farm system is just ready with the next crop of studs. My, my second favorite franchise is similar to yours. My second favorite franchise is Minnesota Twins. They're another, another small market team that has to know what they're doing and build through the farm system in order to be able to to, to win and put put good product on the field. They got a couple World Series. It's been a long time since, but at least they do have a, a couple World Series to their, to their credit. And the Rays have been there a couple times, yeah. and like I said, that's just luck of the draw. You get there at the right time, you get hot, and boom, you well, know, you can, you can win one. Atlanta's... Back in the 90s should be a perfect example of that. I mean, that was probably the most dominating pitching staff baseball scene from one through five, and they managed to get one stinking World Series out of it, and that's it. I mean, they couldn't put the hitting and the pitching together at the same time. The Twins lost some guys. I was just reading an article on them, but they make these little sneaky moves. Like, they picked up – they just – Picked up uh, Josh Stalmont on a one-year deal, and he's this guy that I used to like on the Royals. He's been hurt, kind of injury play, but he's the type of guy 
that you can see all of a sudden take over a closer role for a team. He throws smoke. He can throw 100 miles an hour. If he's healthy, it's the, those are the types of sneaky moves though, that teams like the Twins make. Yeah, but I feel like he's a guy that, especially with injuries, um, he's only he's only gonna be a guy, especially growing up in age, like going up in age. He's gonna he's only gonna be a guy like pitching one two maybe one two innings. Oh right, yeah. But all I'm saying is, is like those are the little sneaky moves where all of a sudden you're going, where did the Twins get this guy? And you and you realize you look at his career, see so he had some injuries, now but he could be tough. Just signed an outfielder. Do we think Bellinger's going to stay in Chicago still? I think Cody stays. Right I think he does. What do you think, Brett? I keep hearing about Belly, and and I don't know. I mean, they're saying he wants over two hundred million, and is he going to be? A mistake. I mean, you hate to say it. He had a great year for the Cubs. But you know, when it comes to the Chicago Cubs, I tend to look, and I also remember the fact that late in the year he cooled off, and we really needed his bat late in the year. We didn't get it. And Suzuki was the main guy. Are we going to spend – what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do? Seven years, 200 million bucks? I was thinking 180. 180 should get him. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, I've said from the beginning, I like Belly on, on like a four or five year deal, and I just don't think his agent, that's going to be enough. I think they think that that year he had justifies him getting an eight year deal and over 200 million. They're talking 200 being the number. You know what? Here, here's the deal right now. The Yankees got, I mean, the Yankees got Soto, Dodgers got Glasnow, Yamamoto. Shohei Otani, we got Craig Council. So if it takes two hundred plus million to get Ballinger, let's do it. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and, and pinch pennies on a team that has to make moves. We need were, Ballinger. We're not doing anything. They were talking about analytics with him, though, like the, the bad uh, ball rate, the ball comes off the bat and stuff, and Ballinger was way down and and stuff like that, showing that he he may within the next year or two be on the decline based on a bunch of analytics I was listening to on ESPN. The so, analytics are right, but if you if you watched Bellinger this year, he slowed his swing down a lot, meaning that he turned into a contact hitter. And that's why his home runs down in the 20s were when he was an MVP player, his home runs were double that. Yeah, he had like a really swoopy swing. Really swoopy and a big swing, and that's why his contact rate was up. This year there was a lot of – he would just push balls through to infield. I'm, I'm I was impressed. Right. Putting two hundred out there for Bellinger, I, I, I'm okay with it. You almost got to be. I mean, how many guys are you going to miss on before? I, like I said, I thought the dominoes were going to fall I think after the show. We're going to get this Reese Hoskins guy. I think he's coming. Reese Hoskins can be a guy that comes in. I mean, he had a torn ACL. That's not he's an injury be on I'm concerned one of about. Deals like Bellinger, give him one year, maybe seventeen, eighteen million. Yeah, see what he can do, and then if he if he pans out. Possibly give him a four or five, six year deal. I wouldn't mind I putting a guy like him on a two year deal. You know what I mean? I wish we would have done the same thing with Bellinger. You know what I mean? What's the what's the difference? Get him for two, make him prove it for two. We could have had Belly for another uh, another year here. But like I said, I thought the dominoes were really going to fall after the Shohei deal. They really haven't. The pitchers are still out there. I mean, Bieber's still out there. There's still some moves to be Snell. made. Snell's still out there, and everything's just. I heard Hater right wants now. more than Edwin Diaz's deal. He wants more than like two hundred million. We're not going to have a whole lot to talk about with baseball until these trades happen. I mean, because the Cubs, we're just going to keep week after week looking at the Dodgers team, wondering how anybody could even beat them. And at this point, it doesn't look possible. You got to think the Yankees are looking over there, going, "They're they got to make a push for a guy like B- they're going to make a push for some pitching." The Yankees are not just going to sit back. No way. 
They never do. No way. And we're stuck here going, what are we going to do? Like you said, we got to make a move for Bellinger. If we come in and we start off hot, maybe we can make a big splash trade before the trade deadline during the season. I actually think he wants to stay here. It's just a matter of whether or not the, the Cubs are willing to cough up the change. And they typically don't cough up the change. I'm, I'm hoping that they they pay. The Cubs have also coughed up the money and got involved in some bad deals. So that's another reason they get hesitant on these seven- and eight-year contracts. You tie guys like Hayward up and Soriano. And they, they've had, even though Soriano did better than a lot of people think he did while he was here. But when you tie people up with those kind of long-term contracts, you need you need production. Not just one or two years worth. You need five or six years worth. No, I agree. Or they can end up holding you down on the back end. And again, the Cubs aren't the type of team like the Yanks and the Dodgers that are just going to fill the cupboard back up. And we'll just put another guy on the books for $200 million, $250 million. They haven't proven the ability to do that. They have the money to do it, but they haven't shown that they're willing to spend it. And they're probably gun-shy because a couple of times when they did pull the trigger, especially with a guy like Hayward, that was a complete backfire. You may as well have just taken that money and burned it because you didn't get you didn't get much out of the Hayward signing at all. No, you're right. The Hayward thing was a bust. Well, that's it for baseball. We are moving on. All right, so we're jumping to the NFL. This has been a weekly part of the show. It's the weekly pick six. Now, Caden took this over last week. I gotta say he had a really good showing. So the best thing about this pool is even though I've had a terrible year picking, you're always alive. And now we've had a double rollover, which means no one won for two weeks. So this is the first double rollover of the season. So that means the money's rolled over and into this week. That's that's three weeks into one. So it's, like again, first time of the season last week, four and two. Um, again, heavily influenced by Caden. Some really solid picks. There are two losses, super close. Tennessee getting two and a half. Lost by three. Keep in mind, we didn't know Tannehill was going to be the QB that game. As soon as we saw that, we're like, oh, man, we would have, we would not have had what that pick. Levis? I don't know. I didn't even look into it. All I know is when Tannehill, every time Tannehill's there, he gets D-hopped the ball two or three times in a game. Levis gets D-hopped the ball. He at least tries to. He'll get targeted nine, ten times a game. The connection with Tannehill is not there. It just crushes them. Tannehill, talk about a blown franchise quarterback. Tennessee blew it with him. There's 11 guys still left in Survivor, and I'm taking a team that's won a couple of games all year. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers as my Survivor pick this week with 11 guys left. Carolina Panthers are playing. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, man. I'm taking, I'm putting it on the line, and I'm taking Carolina this week. Who's that? Do you know who the other guys are taking? Or no? You don't know. Oh, yeah, until, you don't, you don't know, know until right. the day of the game. But I, I, I have probably, like, I got the Packers still left. That's probably a better pick. But I got a feeling Carolina's going to win this week. So I'm putting, I'm rolling the dice with 11 teams left, and I'm taking the pick. And a lot of times, if those guys all pick the same game, all it takes is one like, week for you I'm to have a sleeper. Everybody's going to pick whoever's got anybody left. Either going to pick Buffalo, San Francisco. Yeah, if, if they like got that, if they got those. Gonna say if left. they got big dogs left, yeah. I know three or four of the guys still had Buffalo left. I'm anticipating they take Buffalo because you don't have to cover the wood in this thing. All you got to do is win. We're going to go through them. We're going to go through them right now. The other game that we had last week that we lost, we had the Packers covering four and a half by three. You know, that seemed like a no-brainer, that game. Packers over the Panthers. You can't count on the Packers. This team is hit or miss. 
They ended up winning a close game. I did that was that overtime, Caden. One by three. It might have been no, overtime, but they so. won it at the end of the game. Just brutal. But those are the two losses, man. That's that's about as close we're as you're going to get. You are right there. I mean, you are within. That was good work. You are within Kaden. a point on either end. So, Caden, that's some good picking. A four and two week, but again, could have easily uh, win a sixer on that. Now, week eighteen. So next week on the pod, we're picking all the games. The way it works, week eighteen, you pick all the games, and then best record against the spread wins. So if it rolls over. And it's going to be guy with the best record in week 18 wins. So that's tough. Usually that ends up being somebody that's like 13 and three. That's usually the number. You go 13 and three, you're usually standing alone there. And this is the, only the second year in the survivor pool that has lasted this long. Usually every going this out. deep in the year, I was going to say. All right, let's start the games. You guys, I need help. I, I looked at these uh, and I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Well, we got. We got the Jets at Cleveland. That game's starting right now, so we're not picking that. The Browns are actually favored by six and a half at home in that game. Um, I had, we're, again, we're staying I had seven and a half. We're staying away from that. That is a big difference, but this is a, this, these are my lines right. for this pool. So we're staying away from that one. The, the Saturday game, we got Dallas favored by five and a half at home against Detroit. Anybody like that game? Uh, I like the Lions, but not at five and a half. I think that's just too much. They're getting five and a half. Yeah, I, I think the Lions went outright, but but uh, they're getting I, points. I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I think the Lions went outright, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You don't like that game? I would. The game. I, the games that I wrote down that I like. Hang on, you tell me when I get to them because okay. I'm rolling through because okay. I want to pick them. Caden, did you like that Dallas Detroit game? No. All right, uh, we have the Colts at home, favored by two and a half over Vegas. Vegas has their offense, I think. The guy threw for 70 yards last week, and they beat the Chiefs. So their defense I, right now is tough. I don't know. That's, that's one of the games I have the Raiders there. That's you do. You like the Raiders there. getting points there. That's one of my picks. That's one of the seven. I got seven marked off here. All right. I got Atlanta at Chicago. The Bears at home are favored by two and a half in that that's game. That's another game I have. I have the Bears in, in that game. Probably. You're going Bears, huh? You don't yeah. like uh, Heineke with Pitts? And... Uh, I think that... B. John Robinson is going to have a huge game, but I just don't trust anybody else on that Falcons team. I, I think the Bears' defense is going to hold up. I kind of like the Bears' defense against Atlanta there, too. Atlanta's offense is very up and down. I think when you put them up against a good D, they may they may fall short. Next game up, we got Carolina at Jacksonville. Jacksonville favored by 6.5. Your confidence pick there is Carolina straight up, so you'd like Carolina getting 6.5 uh, there? That was not one of my picks, <laughs> You're just taking a big risk. I'm taking a big risk. Okay, do you like that game? Uh, I don't like no, Jack- I, just, I just think just that's a, I think that's a three-point game, Jacksonville. And Trevor Lawrence, you don't even know if he's going to play. That's another reason. So that's I, up that's in there. That's another reason I lean towards the Panthers. Yeah, if he don't play, and he hasn't been looking good the last few weeks anyway, maybe he's got something going on. His, this one's his shoulder, and before it was his ankle, so he's, got, he's beat up a little bit. We got the Saints at Tampa. Tampa's favored by two and a half. At home over the Saints. For some uh, reason, I don't have that game written down. I, I, would, I like Tampa there. The Saints are just awful. That game there, that would lock the division up, I think, for Tampa, wouldn't it, Caden? Yeah, uh, I, I believe that would lock the, the division up. Do you like that game, Tampa at home? Against who? Saints. Mm, no, I don't like that. The Saints, Mike, I feel like the Saints are going to hold up. Just Mike so. Evans will be in the lineup this week. All right, we'll get past that game. I'll come back to it. We got Arizona at Philly. The Eagles are favored by ten and a half. Well, that's a lot. I don't. I don't like the big woods. 
<laughs> yeah, but do you like to go the opposite way? Do you like uh, to go with a team like Arizona and bet on the stinker? I, I, I tend to stay away from these games. Yeah, I'll stay with Arizona. How about the 49ers favored by 13 and a half too much in Washington? Word, too much word. <laughs> <laughs> Anything over ten, I those are big numbers, man. How about the Rams covering six and a half at the Giants? I have the Rams. That's I kind of like that game too. The Rams, the Rams are the Rams feel like a good. Yeah, if the cover. Rams win, the Bears will be eliminated from the playoffs. The that feels like a game. If the Rams don't cover six and a half, they're losing. They're going to lose that game. <laughs> that's that's what it feels. I got like. Four and a half on that game. Man, got, that yeah, these was, lines are moving. So yeah. this thing here is live right now. So that line could have moved. When did you put that together? I. I look today on one of the websites. I wonder if something changed because a lot of times that line will move. That means the money was going to the Rams and that number's moving up. That's yeah. what it means. So that four and a half line is pretty low. We got Buffalo at home, favored 11 and a half against the I Patriots. And, and, and Buffalo should cover that uh, spread. Yeah. Again, it's too many points. It's just too many points. It's Actually, the I NFL. got New England in that game. I think. It's the NFL. It's just like I feel like New England's not going to win, but they're going to. You like New England getting the points there? The 49ers should pound the Commanders into oblivion. But how do you give up 13 points? It's just too much. That's where I like Caden with his picks. He'll take that guy and be like, "This, give me the points. I'll take that team. I think they play it close, and he gets a lot of wins that way." You know what? I'll click it for now. We'll come back to it. I got uh, the Titans are in Houston. Houston's favored by three and a half. Man, I don't like. Uh, I don't Scott, like that. Scott's back. Uh, I like that. You like Houston? Houston? I, I have Houston and the Titans also marked off as one of my picks. And who who'd you pick? I took Houston. You got Houston covering three and a half Scott's against Tannehill. Stroud's back. Is Stroud definitely Stroud back? Is back okay. Week. Houston's ugh. Tennessee has not been too hot though, and they got Tannehill in there, so. He's not likely to do much. All right, moving moving forward. We got Miami at Baltimore. We got the Ravens favored by three and a half over Miami. I, man, I don't like that game. I stayed away from that game, too. Caden, stay away? Yeah. Yeah. I got Pittsburgh at Seattle. Uh, Seattle at home is favored by three and a half over Pittsburgh. Yeah, I stay away from that game, Man, those are two teams you just don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh, listen to this, Pittsburgh. They lose at home to Arizona, and then they made the the Bengals look like they lost to New England at home too. And then they go and make the Bengals look like nothing. Here's the here's they the wiped game. them out. Here's the game I like. I like the Bengals. That's the get, next game. Get I get points at the Chiefs. You like I Bengals get seven. seven? The Bengals were awful last week. So was the Chiefs. Yeah, that's true. Against the Chiefs the, are a disaster. Against the Raiders. You like that game? You like yeah. since he gets seven the and a half? The Chiefs are a disaster. I got seven. Hey, this is a big week here. We can't be messing. They got seven and a half here, so it's even better. They're getting, seven and a, they're getting a touchdown in it. And I, I think the Bengals cover. All right, I got Chargers are in Denver. Denver's favored by five and a half. But keep in mind, Russ Wilson, who's having a really nice year over there, is on the bench now. So I don't know Chargers what Denver's are doing. awful. I know, but what did the Chargers do last week? The Chargers almost beat the Bills. They almost beat the Bills. We're talking about the Bills, though. The Bills are a team that always plays down to their But they're playing Denver. You don't know what Denver's going to do this year. I'm not really sure. Russell Wilson's the reason. I like Denver in a close game there. Russell Wilson's the reason why. I have the Broncos, but I have a line of three and a half, not five and a half. So five and a half probably changes it for me, and I pull that game off. I stay away from that game. I'm staying away from it. 
I just don't I understand what Denver's doing. The pe- I don't either. I mean, is, are, are they out of it, Denver, or they got a chance to make the playoffs? Russell Wilson is the big reason why they're still in it, and they bench him. Russell Wilson, look at his numbers this year. The guy's having a really nice year. I mean, he's playing well, and I mean, he doesn't really have that much to work with there when you Cole really look Sutton. at that team. I mean, Jerry Judy, I mean, he's got average, you know, average, slightly above average receiving core. Jamal, the, the the back, he really hasn't broken out the way they thought he would. I mean, they don't really have that many tools, so I don't know. I wonder, um, I wonder if McAfee, McAfee Reed's brother is going to get drafted next year. Not oh, is he coming out? out? He's a wide receiver coming out of Rice. Is there no Monday night game this week? I don't think so. Yeah, there's no Monday night game. This the final game of the week. The Sunday night game is the Packers at Minnesota. The Vikings are favored by one and a half at home. I don't. I don't like picking this. Game. I like the Packers. The Packers burned us last week, big time. Detroit's burned me every time I pick them. I stay far away from Detroit. We're not picking Detroit. We got Vikings, Packers. What games do you got so far? Here's what I got. If I go with, all right, I got six. I got six on the board. Which game I got, are you iffy about? Right now, I got Vegas getting two and a half against the Colts. I like that game. I got the Bears covering two and a half at home against Atlanta. I like that game. Tampa covering two and a half at home against the Saints. I don't have that one written down, but I like that game. I got the Rams covering six and a half on the road against the Giants. I like that game. Then I got Houston. I got one, two, three, four, five. I got Houston at home covering three and a half against the Titans. I also like that game. And I got Cincinnati getting seven and a half on the road against the Chiefs. I like that game also. Those are the six. That's what we're going with. We're staying away from that Vikings Packers. <clears throat> That's a division game. The only other game I, I don't like it. If, if it wasn't such a high spread, I mean, 49ers and Buffalo should both easily cover the spread, but it's just too much. I'll tell you one thing I don't like about the Washington Washington switching quarterbacks. Sometimes Howell's out. Howell was the... the yeah, he had like 300 yards passing. the league pass. leader in passing through like nine weeks of the season. He's out. They're putting in... I think it's Jacoby Brissett. Is he on? Brissett, I think it's, yeah. Brissett, it's the type of game where that guy's going to come up and have a big game. You know what I mean? Like so, And I mean, keep the game close or something. I don't the 49ers know. are looking for some revenge, though, after last And can you really – I kind of like Cadence – I kind of like Cadence Patriots pick um, <clears throat> at Buffalo. But, Patriots, man, I mean, they, the Patriots right now might be tanking. They might be tanking. So, I'm staying – that's the only reason I'm staying away from that, Caden. Belichick wants, Belichick wants a quarterback. Otherwise, I kind of like that pick. Now, we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy right now, Uncle Clint. you got a team – you got a team that's in. Uh, you guys are doing a week seventeen, week eighteen finale. Yeah. So you pushed it all the playoffs. So pushed all the four, way. There was only four playoff teams that made it. So I got. I'm playing for third in two leagues, and I'm playing for one championship. But it's it's the big. There's a lot of money on the line in that one. So hopefully, if we get by this week, I got three k in the pocket. Even if I get second, so I'll uh, I'll be happy with that. But I gotta get I gotta get through this week. I'll tell you what, last week me and Caden did some NFL award stuff, and I think we were hitting some spot on. I threw Lamar out there for MVP. If you ask me, I think he locked it up I, this week. I, I, have no, I have no question. And if you listen to the sports writers on the radio, they're still not giving Baltimore 
They're perhaps they're still all the 49ers. I just don't know if they can. Bad game. The 49ers this, the 49ers that. I will take Baltimore against San Francisco every time they play. Every single time. One thing I noticed is that when you watch these AFC teams, there's two games in particular. One was Baltimore against uh, – well, it was Buffalo beating Dallas and then Baltimore beating San Fran. Those AFC teams just seem to have a little bit of a physical toughness to them. And when they really start to lay it on those NFC top teams, they don't know how to handle it. And, and, and they're just hitting hard. And, they're just and whacking. And if i got to put my Super Bowl on the line with Lamar Jackson under center or Brock Purdy under center, I'm going to take Lamar every time. Oh, absolutely. Lamar Lamar keeps his head looking downfield the whole time. This is what has changed about him. He used to, nothing's there, read one, read two, take off, run it. Now he takes off, and he's still looking. He's still looking for an opportunity. He's looking for somebody to get open. Well, yeah, he's a he's it, a big play guy, and I feel like he makes a lot of these wide receivers and, and better. And, and I mean, his main tight end, I think, has been out. Andrew's been out almost a whole oh, yeah. year. The whole year has. I mean, that was one of his. Yeah, the big thing that he's been targets. way better at is he's like he's thrown into double coverage. He's like yeah. he's um he's making these wide receivers who like they're not nobodies, but they're not standouts, and he's really not helping them. But they're like he's making their job less harder. I know. Go ahead. I think if the referees don't magically put Kansas City in there that, that Baltimore wins the whole thing. I think Baltimore wins the whole shot. Well, on Undisputed the other day, Keyshawn Johnson is a big Lamar guy, and Richard Sherman was started saying he don't have the numbers. He's only accounting for 52% of his team's touchdowns, and I'm sitting here thinking, that's that's kind of a ridiculous stat. I mean, if you rush a ball down to the one-yard line and then you hand it to your back, you don't get credit for the touchdown. And, and so 52% of his team's touchdowns, his numbers – his statistics are down, but there's one statistic that's up, and that's 12 and 3. W's. Teams winning games. W's. It doesn't, nothing I, else matters. They're winning games, and he's the best player on the field. I mean, he, they played the 49ers, the team that everybody was talking about the other night. And who was the best player on the field? It was Lamar Jackson. It wasn't even close. And Baltimore blew those guys away. The score wasn't even as close as it was on paper. Baltimore dominated that game from start to finish. One thing I'm a little concerned about Baltimore is, like, especially the playoffs, they don't have a running game. And that's why I'm actually, in the playoffs, I'm more confident in San Francisco because they got a running game. And if you're like, if you set up Purdy with little short passes and take the pressure off them, he might have more success than Lamar. But this this is what you're missing. Lamar's almost a thousand-yard guy. Lamar, Lamar, is the running game. And then they got Gus Edwards. He's a power back. Justice Hill. Losing that rookie. You think that game plan can show up in the playoffs? Hey, lo- losing that rookie hurts them. Because that dude is speed. I'll tell you a team that I think is going to make some noise in the playoffs. And they may sneak all the way through. I think the Detroit Lions are a serious football team. And he was my, that was my coach of the year. And I think he locked it up I with the Lions the getting, that, getting the division. I think the Lions are a serious football team. They can do some serious damage. I just feel like the Lions are going to poop the bed, man. Their defense, they got players that can make some big plays, but on a week-to-week basis, I feel like you don't know what you're going to get from the Lions. Uh, I just team, don't know. Another team that I that I think not going to go all the way, but I think can make some noise in the playoffs, playing on the TV right now, the Cleveland Browns. Well, they I mean, got, when, they got great defense. Uh, they got an old dog veteran quarterback in there that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He, he he's a very smart guy. He he has won a Super Bowl, so he's got the the ability to win the big games. And Cleveland Browns can make some noise. 
Flacco's got the intelligence to know when he can make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like he's throwing picks, but he throws them in those strategic spots. Like, hey, a third and long, this is the same as a punt. You know, I'll throw a long one here. I'll try to squeeze one in. Or he knows points in the game where, hey, this is a make or break moment. If I got to try to thread the needle here, if it gets picked, it gets picked. I mean, he threw a, he threw a ball to Cooper against the Bears that was an absolute seed, man. I don't know that two other quarterbacks in the league can make the throw he made. And it was a time in the game where he had to make a big play and he had to take a risk and he took it and it worked. And that's the type, that's one, what a veteran one, can do one for One thing him. about Flacco is the guy has no fear. He, he can, he can, unlike a guy like Purdy who threw four interceptions and was just completely lost and, and had no clue what was going on. Flacco could throw four interceptions and get right back up and drive you down the field. Like the four interceptions and everybody. Yeah, like he did he's against got, the Bears. He's got some. One thing you forget him. about Purdy is he was the last pick of the draft. There's, I mean, not, no one had expectations for him, like going into last going into last year. But now people people like he overcome his expectations. Now people are like thinking he's bad because now they're like saying he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Let me ask you this: If you put Brock Purdy on the Baltimore Ravens. And you put Lamar Jackson on the San Francisco 49ers, what would the results be like? Yeah, no, you're right. I totally agree. I mean, I get don't get me wrong. Exactly. What, what Caden's saying, what Caden's what Caden's saying is true. You gotta give Purdy some credit for how good the he's been. Loaded. But the media starts talking about him being an MVP, and that's where you gotta pump teams the brakes. The guy what, what I'm saying is give him credit for coming in as the last pick and being solid. He's been he's been solid. But I'm solid. with you. I, he's with I'm with you. I think when it comes crunch time. He's not ready. You saw what happened. A couple, after he threw those picks, he was seeing white jerseys, man. He was yeah. seeing Ravens everywhere. He, he almost threw a couple more after that. Another guy that, that was on Undisputed that the guy mentioned as an MVP, Josh Allen, choke specialist. In a big game, this guy chokes. Dylan Richards. Year after year after year, this guy chokes out. In big money, big time situations, he is a choke artist. Richard Sherman mentioned him in MVP because I think he's accounted for seventy five percent of you know their touchdowns. Keyshawn just left. Keyshawn walked off the set because he's sitting there talking against his points are all counter to Lamar Jackson, and Keyshawn's like, you just can't bring Josh Allen to the table for him when you're talking about Lamar Jackson with a lot of injured guys, best record in the league. Looks like they could lock up the one seed in the AFC, especially if they if they beat the Dolphins this week. I mean, so come on, what else do you need? The line has even Jackson had fifteen touchdowns. His team's twelve and three. Yeah, period. And, and, he, and day, he's a huge part of it. And he's the reason why the team's twelve. And, and they got a good defense. They hit hard, but they're not. You don't talk about the Ravens right now. Is it's not the O one Ravens. You know, it's not the Ray Lewis led Ravens. They got a good solid defense. And obviously they picked Purdy four times, so they're getting the job done, getting turnovers. But you're not talking about the Ravens the way you used to talk about them in terms of their defense. The one article I read said that watch for Baltimore to maybe have a letdown against Miami this week because they did get hit real hard by San Francisco's defense and they're coming back on a short week. Um, But uh, Miami hasn't really beat that many good teams this year. I don't see Miami being able to handle Baltimore. Uh, Miami, the first good team Miami beat all year was Tua, Dallas. Tua, Tua with, with time in the pocket, is number one in the league at competing passes. When he's pressured, he's like 20th. I just, I believe that game's in Baltimore. And I think if you get any weather up there, those dudes you watch, we watch hard knocks. Those guys are out there in their shorts. They're running around. They're squirting water. I mean, it's like, I mean, you put those dudes 
in a cold weather situation, they're going to struggle. So if the if the weather's nasty up in Baltimore, that's going to go in the Ravens' favor, and I would like yeah, them Lamar's to. Lamar's mentally tough too. He doesn't really just like Joe Flacco. It doesn't really matter if um Lakers like if he threw an interception or a bad mistake, he's just going to continue playing his game. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm going to finish with one final comment on this fantasy playoff stuff. The fantasy playoffs are just like the Major League Baseball playoffs. You don't know where your wins are going to come from. Last week, Amari Cooper and George Pickens, two guys that have been average. Pickens has been garbage garbage for eight weeks. I don't think he scored a touchdown in eight weeks. All of a sudden, these guys, if you had them in your lineup last week, you, you changed the whole game. I stuck him in you just don't strictly know. because of the quarterback. Strictly because George Pickens and Mason Rudolph, when they were together, when they were together, when Rudolph yeah. played for them, had a connection. That's but if you've been, if your team's been rolling all year and you're twelve and two or whatever you might be, whatever a great fantasy record would be considered, and you've had McCaffrey and you drafted perfect, you had this, and some dude just makes a move and throws in a Cooper Pickens Brees Hall combination yeah, and drops one twenty between you're three dead. guys, you're dead. So it doesn't matter. If you run into a buzzsaw at the worst time in those fantasy playoffs, your regular season goes down just like the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, <laughs> it can go down not just last like year, that. but the year before when I won my championship, I got in the playoffs with like a six and seven or six and eight record. But when I got in there, my lineup started to click, and I just blew everybody away. I, I my guys came together at the right time, so, and I had the worst record. I was the low, lowest seed. I got in the last week of the season, and I ended up winning the winning the championship that year. So it just takes. Getting right at the hot at the right time. I, That's right. I mean, every team that I drafted this year, except for the one that I let Pep control, got in at least got into the playoffs to give me a shot. Pep's not gonna like to hear that very much. No, no. He must have had a bad draft. Well, it was that there was that boxing draft. It was the first yeah, time I did it. So those are tough. They're tough. Yeah, because you spend your money on Nick Chubb and Garrett yeah, Wilson. Garrett Wilson was one of his. I was gonna big, say right big, there. That was one of his big high dollar picks and. The guy first week Aaron Rodgers goes down and that picture stick again. That hurt everybody. That hurt that if you yeah, Rodgers, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, that whole combination just I think you probably got fifty to sixty five percent production that you would have got out of those guys if it was Rodgers. You know, you know, with Rodgers being out, you got about half out of what those guys could have been. Did did you hear the interview with Rodgers the other day? Because they brought him back now and he's practicing. Right, right, right. Yeah. He can't play. Yeah. He says, I didn't want to come back and I, take a guy's roster spot. Yeah, I heard he that. Said, upper management made me come back and practice with the team. He said, I didn't want to take a guy's roster spot. I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe they just want him out there with the guys. I don't know. Jets are out of the running. It's, you know, I, it, we knew Aaron Rodgers was not going to come back to play this year unless miraculously they were fully guaranteed. Anyway, so, I mean, he's yeah. fully guaranteed. It would have been crazy to put him out on the field this year unless they made the playoffs. In playoffs, he might have been ready to play like round one or something. But outside of that, no way. He wasn't going to be ready. All right, we're moving on. All right, this is going to be Caden's part here because we got, can the Bulls make the playoffs? I've been watching some Bulls with them. Caden, I think, are they 14 and 17? Is yeah. that, do I have that right? The Bulls have been playing extremely well without Levine. Now, 14 and 18. 14 and 18. Vucevic is out. Now he's out with a grunt. So, I wrote down a, f- a few key points here for me, and then, Caden, you could tell me what you think. I think you trade Levine, 
But you got to get you got to find a guy that can defend, and you got to find a guy that can shoot. So I, I like. I've been hearing maybe the Lakers are going to make a push for Levine because the Lakers with AD and LeBron, they don't have enough. They need another guy that can score. If they make a push for Levine, maybe the Bulls can pick up Reeves in that deal. I don't know. Reeves has got a pretty reasonable contract the Lakers signed him to. Just Reeves, is he's not a great defender. He's a good shooter. I don't know how well he fits on the Bulls team. So I don't know that he's the right fit for them. The other, but I do think you got to move Levine because they've been playing their best basketball without him. Yeah. Then the other thing you got to do, you got to stay healthy. You can't have, you know, you can't have Vucevic out. They need Vucevic. They need him playing well. It, isn't Levine on a max? I mean, yeah. Who's going to eat that contract? I don't know how they're going to work that, but I've heard that they say there is a way that the Lakers can make it happen, but they have to trade away some players. And you'd see like probably D'Lo. D'Angelo Russell, who D'Angelo Russell's an extremely creative offensive player when you watch him play, but he's not a defensive player, and he wouldn't be a fit for this Bulls yeah, team. Yeah, Bulls need defense. They need they need defense, and and they need all they need all around players, and they could certainly use a guy that can shoot it consistently from beyond the arc. They can use. I wouldn't mind seeing a combination of two: get a shooter, get a defender. If they could do that, it would be a worthwhile trade for them. And then they got to start giving Drummond some more minutes. The other night, Drummond was had twenty four points, twenty six rebounds. And they finally played him, and the reason they played him was because Vucevic was out. If they can use Vucevic and Drummond in kind of a combo role and get those guys each in over 30 minutes a game, they could do a little twin tower, twin defense there, collecting 30 rebounds a game, or 25 to 30 rebounds a game between the two of them. Those are kind of my key components. What do you think, kid? You've been watching them a ton. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're playing good basketball, and I think they got a lot of good all-around factors. They're playing right now. They're losing to the Pacers by three, forty-four to forty-one. They just got a lot of all-around talent. Um, the way this NBA uh, playoff format is going, I really feel like the competition they're competing with at those spots. I think they're better than a lot of those teams. I mean, they're com- competing with like the Nets, the Hawks, um, and and they're and I mean they just beat the Hawks. So um, yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to see what this team does. Um, they got a lot, a lot of guys performing well. They got a lot of people performing on both sides of the ball. What I'm talking about is like defensively and offensively. Guys like Drummond. I mean, Drummond. He's being such a big X factor with Vucevic out, like you said. Drummond's doing a really nice job. I mean, he had an extremely good game. Um, uh, against the Hawks, he had like I'm not sure. He was That's what I was talking about. I think he had 24 and 25. Yeah, and 24 he, he and had a great game and. It wasn't just that when you watch him play, he plays hard. Um, he plays hard. He keeps plays alive. He gets offensive rebounds. He um he uses his body. He gets he gets yeah. Uh, he's he's a big tough defender. I mean he's just a and he's a guy that he defends at the top of the key. Vucevic he he has a lot of talent, but he doesn't play as hard as Drummond. But then guys like Patrick Williams, you know Patrick Williams, he's been a guy where like I said uh, in the other. Pods. It's been he's been very frustrating see me. I mean for me, but he's performing really well. He's finding a shot in the mid range. He's hitting really well. Three point range. He's hitting well consistently, um, and he's just playing with more a little more uh, hustle. And they got guys like I mean not Levine, uh, DeRozan, White. Those are our big time players. Io Dasumu. He's a guy that he's hitting his threes because we, then we got some guys that come up uh, not just consistently in the first three quarters, but big time in the fourth quarter. DeRozan is their late game guy. They can go to him. He shoots the mid-range phenomenally. 
He had a number the other day. I think he was 11 for 13 from the floor and for the he, whole game. And he ain't afraid to fire no, at any point in time. He ain't afraid no, to fire. No, he's not. He He's an old-school player, man. A guy that's playing in that you know that 17 to 20-foot I mean, range. I don't watch much basketball anymore, but DeRozan's a guy. He's got the killer instinct. He ain't afraid to put it up there at any time, no matter what. He He's their closer, and right now their key, the key player on that team is Kobe White. When Kobe White's playing well, that team's playing well. They kind of go with him. He's a point guard. He hustles. As he has kind of turned his his season around and possibly his career around, Kobe White is a really key component to the Bulls. So, but they'll probably end up if the Bulls can can continue to play well, they can easily fall in that seven to ten and end up in a play in spot because that's what you do now. Now seven, eight, nine, ten, they play a little playoff to get into the yeah, mix. they're winning for the last two spots exactly right? for the last two spots. So I can definitely see the Bulls there. I don't see them get creeping into that top six. Because they would definitely need a plus 500 record to get I there. I put down no because I think they're a little bit too young and inexperienced yet. But I don't really follow that much basketball anymore. So I, I could be totally, totally off on that. The other thing is, is the playoffs, do you consider making the playoffs top 10? I mean, the league right now, meaning that if you get into that play-in, is that considered playoffs? For me, it is. Um, but you only got one game to get into that, you know, to the next section. So, so what is it? how many teams are in the NBA now? There's 32 teams. So 20, 20 teams make, make it. it. Yep. 20 wow. teams make it, and then you got a single game. It's kind of tricky the way they do. They do like they do a uh, seven ten eight nine game, and then whoever wins the seven ten has to play the eight. It's it's, it's something like that. I can't remember exactly update. how it works. The Pistons are beating the Celtics by 15. No way. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal with the Pistons right now. Like 28. I think they're at 28 in a row, which ties. And now they're beating the Celtics, who the Celtics look like the best team in the league. So the best team the Pistons beat. They only got two wins. I think it was the Bulls. They beat the Bulls. I was was gonna say the the Pistons are. I think they're two and twenty-eight. They are, I mean, they horrible. they might have started two and all. They're lost by fifteen. Here, I'm guessing. I haven't looked at the Caden's looking at it right now, but Boston might be sitting a lot of guys. They do that. They know the Pistons yeah, are coming like, to town, and they sit a bunch of guys. But what normally, you sit. Um, it's in the third. Okay, it's not There's over. Still a lot of time left. Fifteen points in the NBA today is like That's fifteen easy. points back in the day. Are like that game's over nowadays. Fifteen points. Disappears. You can dribble that up. In These guys, because it's all three pointers, and they're all shooting within the first ten seconds of the shot clock. All right, the Bulls. Our opinion: we think they're going to sneak into a playing spot, and then have a game or two to see if they can get into the to the dance there, and then probably lose to the Celtics in a, <laughs> in a series. It's funny the battle for the seven and eight spot to go, and then you know get your, your reward for getting yeah. in is you play Boston. Exactly. Yeah, you're, or Philly. I mean, or Milwaukee. So you're not I mean, you got no chance in the first round, but again, that team can use the experience. All right, we're moving on. All right. The big topic, the special topic and the closing topic is our top sports movies. So we're going to start us off. I'm going to let Uncle Clint start this off. We each basically did our top 5. I did a top 5 with some honorable mentions. I'm going to let Uncle Clint start us off and tell us who he's got. All right, I have, at number five, I actually have two. I put two teams, two here. I put the Sandlot and Field of Dreams. Uh, The Sandlot reminds me of the old Hodgkin's days where you'd go down there and have two or three guys on the diamond and fire the ball. If you hit it to right field as a lefty, you were out. If you hit it to left field as a, I'm sorry, if you hit it to left field as a, a lefty, you were out. If you hit it to right field as a righty, you were out. And you can get three or four guys to play in it. The Sandlot just remind, it reminds me of, 
of our little town and, and, and you'd get eight, nine guys and you could always get together, but you could never get a full team, you know. So the Sandlot reminded me a lot of, of our town when we grew up. And then I put a league of their own for number four. I think that was just a, a, a great movie. Um, There's no crying in baseball. That's right. And then I, <laughs> I put the natural with Roy Hobbs with the lightning bat. Then when, when I was a kid, that was just a, a a cool movie. And then the bat breaks at the end, and the bat boy brings him the the bat that he carved out to to swing for the last at bat. Caden hasn't seen the natural yet. So and we then put my that my alt my favorite movie. When I was a kid growing up, it's my number two. But my favorite movie when I was a kid growing up, I probably have watched it seventy or seventy-five times. Is White Men Can't Jump. Wesley Snipes and, and, and Woody Harrelson were just a perfect combination for that movie, and that was my second favorite movie. It's on my list. I'll tell you right my now. My favorite sports movie and the most inspirational movie for any little guy out there is Rudy. I mean, Rudy got his brains kicked in, in in college football with the best college football players in the world for three years just to get on the field for one play. I mean, the guts and the determination of a guy like that is the reason why I put Rudy as my number one sports movie of all time. Caden and I recently watched that one. Definitely inspirational. I think Caden really enjoyed it. Uh, it is. It's it's an all time great. I, I enjoy it. I it's not a rewatchable for me. I, it's not a one that I've watched a ton of times. I've probably watched Rudy three or four times. My list is filled with movies I've probably watched twenty plus times each one. So I'm a big rewatchable type of type of uh, viewer. So those are the movies that are in my top. But that doesn't necessarily my list doesn't necessarily reflect like filmography. It's well, just what do I love the, to watch. The, the, the Rudigers also were from right here. He went to Joliet right. Catholic High School. I mean, he was a local kid. And his brother was either the first or second four-time Illinois State High School wrestling champion, Mark Rudiger. Is that right? Yeah, he. I, I think uh, he was Joey Gilbert. I think was first, and I think Mark Rudiger was the second guy to do it. I definitely like the local aspect of the Rudy thing too, seeing Joliet and, and that type of thing. Hey, Caden, what do you got, man? Because this is this is kind of generational, right? Like each guy's list is a little different based on. What they grew up with. I, I know Caden had a couple more recent movies or a couple goofier movies I, on I there. I did have a hard time keeping Major League up. But, but there was, Major League was just too much of a, of a goofy movie and not as serious <laughs> enough movie for me to put on a list. Great movie, though. It was That's what's movie. fun about everybody's movie. list, though. What's yeah. fun about everybody's yeah. list is it, what, you know, what, what do you love? What that do you love? Does it have to be inspiration? Five or six. It was right there. That one was right on the edge. Caden, count us down, dude. What do you um, got? So for number five, I like uh, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights is a great movie. I'm a big. Have you ever seen Friday Night Lights? I don't think I've it's ever got seen uh, Billy Night Bob Lights. Thornton's the coach. It's got Tim McGraw in it. It's got a lot of the young guys you see in it. Just it really dials in on high school football in Texas, based on a true story. And uh, check it out. It's Friday Night Lights. The the movie's phenomenal, and the the, the series is actually pretty good too. There's a, like a I think it was on for six or seven seasons on TV, but the actual movie is really good. What else you got, Caden? I got for number four, I got Sandlot. Timeless, dude. I, Sandlot is the only movie that I know that's on all three of our lists in the top five. And like Uncle Clint said, reminds us of, of growing up. It's a movie for every baseball family, so it definitely hits that family element. All the kids in the movie kind of became iconic as they grew up. People still, you know, I've seen like the, the, the big catcher. He's been on Sports Center and stuff like that. So it has been, that's an absolutely timeless 
movie. What else you got? Uh, for number two, I got Field of Dreams. I think you skipped. Did you skip three? Yeah, you did. Oh, what I you skipped three. <laughs> you went five. That's okay. You went Friday Night Lights. You went Sandlot, and then I got you... um, I got uh, yeah. For number three, I got Field of Dreams. Okay, this is the disadvantage of not writing stuff down. Here we go. He's going on top of the Field of Dreams. Awesome, great baseball movie. Great movie. In an honorable mention for me, I love that movie. So keep and, going. Uh, right number here. two. I got... I know what your two is. I'm going to see if you remember what it is. Hustle. You, oh, you're going Hustle. Okay, so... Kate no, 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 no. Number two, I got Rocky. <laughs> so, you're going Rocky 1? Just to Rocky. Just Rocky, the whole series. Guys, that's a good... I mean, the Rocky series go 1 to 4. Rocky 5. Yeah, yeah, I would just go Rocky 1 to 4 because there's actually been like 8 Rockies. I think there's been 8, but if you go 1 to 4... Because then you had like Rock, just Rocky. Then you had the one with Antonio Tarver in it. Got a little weird, but Rocky's one to four. It's hard to top. Of all my favorite Stallone movies, though, I still like First Blood the best. Oh god, that was my favorite. Stallone first Blood movie is long. just phenomenal. About, I still watch. First how about Blood. this new series, Tulsa King? What do you think about that? Have I haven't seen it yet. No, he, he's a, a mobster, and uh, they kick him out of the New York mob, and he goes to Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, I haven't and tried it. There's a monster down there. There's the second season that's coming out. It's on Paramount. If you if you got Paramount, I'll have to check it out. He's, uh, it's, it's a good series. I just remember him popping out of the woods in First Blood and getting Dennehy. Yeah, in, ta- in town, all. you're the law. I killed you. Out here, it's me. <laughs> Phenomenal. So, Caden, Rocky at two. You, I'm going to tell you right now because you took two things out that you had in. One was Hustle, which was the that's more of a modern. It was a Netflix one with, uh, one with Adam with... Sandler, and it was more recent. It was on Netflix like the last couple of years. Pretty okay. good flick. It was about basketball, and then he was also going to put Waterboy in the top five, which I'll, I will just say that that's an honorable mention for you because I know what your number one is. Yeah, Major League. Major League is number one, and that's the one that I introduced him to. I could not wait to let Caden see Major League. I was dying that for was him a, to hit the awesome age movie. for where he could see Major League. He still hasn't seen White Men Can't Jump because I told him there's some scenes in there that maybe you know he's, yeah, he's getting maybe another year yeah he's getting ready for that one. But White Men Can't White Men Can't Jump is coming next. I've been waiting for that one. Here's my list. I, I'm going to give my honorable mentions right out of the gate because I want people to understand these are my personal favorites. I'm not talking about movies that I think were you know perfectly made or filmographies and nothing like that. I'm talking about movies I want to watch. If any of these movies are on, I'll turn them on and watch them right now. It depends I, how you, your ratings were too. Like I, I rated my number one strictly off of of, of inspiration. I yes. Mean, to me to me and it's based on a true story. An inspirational movie. So that that's why I particularly put Rudy number one. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of this is like it it's it's cultural, it's generational. So it's like, when did that movie hit you? At what time in your life? And then how did that affect you? A lot of this for me was like that. Like, for example, five was Sandlot for me, and I talked about that. It reminded me of growing up. It, it's just an epic baseball movie that I could pass on and watch with my son and watch with my family. I remember we, when he was younger, we had the little league guys over. We would watch Sandlot. Like that was that was just it. Um, but I real quick, my honorable mentions, cause I want to tell them first, because I got to give due to my top five. I had Caddyshack as an honorable mention. I'm not a golfer, but Caddyshack, all time, great, great sports movie. movie, Cinderella man with Russell Crowe acting as uh, Jim Braddock. Talk about an inspirational comeback story with James Braddock from basically depression era boxing ends up coming back and winning a world heavyweight title. If you have not seen Cinderella man, watch it. Absolutely phenomenal boxing movie. And also, talks about what people went through during the Great Depression. 
Caden mentioned it. Friday Night Lights is on my list. I also had Field of Dreams, Hoosiers, and then my last honorable mention would be Creed. Creed's more of a modern day boxing one, but the first Creed was when you it was like, man, they still know how to do this, and it was kind of a branch off of the Rockies. Here's my list. Five, Sandlot talked about it. Four, White Men Can't Jump. White Men Can't Jump, dude, for, like, watching White Men Can't Jump brought trash talk to the neighborhood, man. Like, we we always were competitive and always, but then it brought that trash talk element. Like, it became part of the life. And next thing you know, we're talking about guys' moms and going through the we whole thing. Sizzler. Yeah, we, we go with Sizzler. Sizzler. I mean, everything about that movie just hit and you brought it back to real life and we just had a blast with it and it was on the courts because that's where we used to play i mean it was less organized back in the Once day Caden sees that one i think his list will change oh that it'll he'll, make he'll, it he'll put that up there that's flight that's willie they can play <laughs> <laughs> and then you had the scene where they went to the two-on-two and woody harrelson became the trash talker yeah. and he was talking trash to flight and willie and it was just there's so many great it's moments great to that movie. one my number three is Remember the Titans. Again, Remember the Titans, family movie. It focused on friendship. There was a, you know, focused on racism, had a lot of cultural elements. Can Really a good movie for a family to watch because it's not inappropriate at all. And the music in the movie, they had the, the team singing, you know, Ain't No Mountain High, the whole thing. Like they were rolling with some great, a fantastic soundtrack. So Remember the Titans is my number three. I can watch that movie all day. Denzel, phenomenal job. All the actors up and down that movie. You see a lot of those guys in uh, in other movies. Oh, as they Denzel's got. ever done a bad movie. Re- Remember the Titans, awesome. I'm just a huge fan of that one because it's got all those elements of just inspiration. Um, you know, and it, and it was at a, a difficult time in the country with, with regard to civil rights and things like that. So um, my number two... With Caden going with the Rocky series, but I went with a specific Rocky, even though I thought Rocky won in terms of an inspirational story, underdog story, phenomenal. But Rocky three is throwing 100 miles an hour for nine innings, man. This thing you got in Rocky three, you got Mick dying. You got Clubber Lang, who might be the greatest villain in a movie of all time. And, and, they, and they told Stallone that it was not going to work. They told him it wasn't going to work putting all those people together and... It, it was it, an awesome movie. It awesome. was awesome. And out of nowhere, he throws in this charity match with Thunderlips. Thunderlips. <laughs> who, who was one of the most famous wrestlers of all time when he gets him on the show. Yeah, he got him. Hogan told a story about that. And he, he talked about how much money Stallone offered him for that. And he was Hogan was so young that Stallone offered him like 10 grand. And Hogan's like, I'll be there. Like It was just a crazy story. And Hogan and those those wrestlers, you want to talk about guys that got the wildest lives? Because they travel all over the country, and every night they're wrestling and they're getting their bodies beat up. They have wild lives and wild stories. But Rocky Three for me, I mean, you know, the old man was always imitating Mr. T yeah, yeah. and doing it clever. Hey, woman! Hey, woman! You know, he had this whole thing about him, and they had that interview asking Mr. T or Clubber Lang what he predicted for the fight, and he just looked at the camera and he went, "Pain." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Iraqi, I mean, basically, he was just a, a average, everyday guy from Philadelphia. I mean, right. he was just, he was just nothing special about him. And he, it, the Rocky movies are all they're awesome. all they're all awesome. They're all different. You had one where it's the whole story of Rocky and just where he came from, and he was a nobody, and he lost a bunch of fights, and he didn't know what he was doing. And then it went to obviously going the distance with Creed at the end of one beating Creed at the end of two, having Creed as the trainer in three, so that was another element to this one, and then Creed dying in four. I mean, it just had all these... 
wife in those movies too was a big help to him. Just like in in Sly, if you watch it, oh, yeah. In like with number three, he wanted to stop writing it and this and that, and she actually told him, you know, do it your way. Don't worry about what nobody else says. Right. And it it, it all turned out for him. Stallone, for him to get the acting gigs and stuff that he got, he basically bullied himself into the acting market by, by writing his own script. I, I, I did not realize that until I watched that slam on Netflix. I mean, Stallone basically made his own way. There was nobody that was going to hire this guy because of his slur and because of other things, and he just he just bullied his way into the market. The guy, you know, a lot of people don't know this. I mean, he, he's a genius. I mean, because you, you hear him, oh, 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 and this kind of thing. The guy's a genius. He Absolute wrote his own genius. he wrote his own movies and scripts and then acted in them. Who else can say that? I mean, you got to give Stallone all the credit in the world. The guy created his own career, and he had a run where you're talking about First Blood to Rocky, and then he's got these out-of-control action movies with Cobra and yeah. Cliffhanger and all kinds. I mean, he was with, he was with uh, Arnold. Yeah. And those, you know, what I mean, in terms of yeah, just that cop, all time, that cop movie too, yeah, Tango and, Cash, Tango and Cash, all yeah. time action movie guy of all time. You know, he, Stallone's got to be up there. So my number one movie, I agree with Caden. I can't watch enough Major League. It is my all time. I've probably watched Major League a hundred times, and to me, you got the underdog thing with Cleveland. You got the friendship amongst the guys, and you got a deep cast that at the time of that movie, you didn't know that these guys were going to be who they ended up being with Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes. I mean, you can go on and it's on. Big name guys. These guys, and they were just the whole movie, when you watch it, it's just scene to scene to scene is just classic. And I just wrote down some bullet points literally on a whim, just. just just a bit outside, tried the corner and missed. I mean, just every time you see it, you can't get enough. Willie Mays Hayes here. Hit like Mays, run like Hayes. And then when, when Brown told him, you yeah. may hit like, or you may run like Hayes, but you hit like. Yeah. 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 Then he yeah. comes up there with a bad memory oversight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gets out of the bed start, starts running past everybody. And they go, who the heck is this guy? That's right, because his run time. And then they, and then they ask Sheen, what what the hell do you come from? And he says, California, California penal. penal. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, uh, Harrison, or Harris, takes the uh, rum shot from Joe Boo. Oh, and when, yeah. he's, when everybody's out of the locker room yeah. and he drinks, he says, you know, he, yeah. you know what he says to yeah. Joe Boo. And then he takes yeah. the drink and then he walks out on the field and he says, hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> but the moments in Major League, I mean, I, like I said, it's got a lot of swearing in it. So for families... Uh, they're, the kids I under twelve take probably Joe not. Pitcher and rubbed all the bard off. That's Harris. So Harris, I think he was the best actor in the whole movie. Harris, he, he Harris did tremendous job acting in that movie. All those guys did. Yeah, but Harris, Harris, was just, Harris was awesome. Dorn was awesome. If you watch the scene where uh, Berenger Taylor was awesome, yeah, where, that's Berenger. Where, where Taylor goes to Doran's house after he uh, olayed that one ball, he yeah, missed it, yeah, and he just went off yeah, on him. Yeah. Great scene. I mean, they just go on and on. I mean, the whole. I thought maybe a little bit too much of the the scenes between Berenger and his ex wife. I didn't know that the movie needed as many scenes with them, but it ended up being an integral part of the movie, and it worked fine. It didn't take up too much of it. But that's that's just my all time favorite. But I am with. That's why I love getting people together and talking about the movies. Someone else can come to me and say this was my favorite. A lot of these movies. I mean, I could. I could easily make a whole new list and justify them right. as my favorites. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if you haven't seen Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe, 
I probably should have put Major League in my top five. That was a great book. But you, but when you thought of the list, you focused on an inspirational story, which you, if you're thinking inspirational, you can't really go wrong with Rudy. Right. You know what I mean? And like, if you look at my list, I got a baseball movie, I got a boxing movie, I got a football and basketball. I hit all, you know, I hit a bunch of my major sports essentially, right. and I Hoosiers left stuff out. Was a great movie. That right. was a great movie. Hoosiers was, no doubt about it. So that's it for our sports movies of all time, and that's going to do it for tonight. So remember to like us and follow us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. We appreciate everybody listening. Thanks so much. Have a great night.